One, two, three, four. Hello, Akron. It's Monday. But you know what that means. The Spoils of Akron podcast. Spoils of Akron, the Spoils of Akron podcast. So Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Spoils of Akron podcast. My name is Cody Stanley, and I'm here with my co-host... Um, <laughs> what's my name again? Chris. Yeah, Miller. Chris Miller. And this is a podcast all about the art, culture, and eccentric residents of the Rubber City. The Rubber City. That's right. And speaking of Rubber City, we have uh, special guests with us today. Hey, their name's um, in that. And yeah, Rubber City's in their name. So yeah. you know where, oh, yeah. where they're from, <laughs> what they're all about, right? Rubber City Shakespeare Company, right? Rubber City right. Shakespeare, yes. Dean and Casey. Um, Dean is the artistic director, right? Yes. And Casey is the managing director. Correct. Correct. Okay, I got it right. (laughs) Well, they're here all today to tell us all about uh, how they came to fruition, right? And what... uh What's all? What's that all about? Rubber City Shakespeare Company. <laughs> so why don't you guys start by kind of introducing what Rubber City Shakespeare Company is? Sure. Uh, Rubber City Shakespeare Company is a year-round um, professional company. We pay our actors and stage managers and directors. Um, right now, it's just small stipends, but we believe artists should get paid for their work. Um, so that was something that we founded ourselves on. Um, Amen to that. <laughs> <laughs> and we uh, we produce six shows a year. We have educational opera opportunities and um, a bunch of community um, engagement events as well. Yeah, and another uh, thing that we really believe in is keeping our prices affordable so that everyone can come and enjoy uh, some great theater here in Akron and Northeast Ohio. So we have pay-as-you-like-it evenings, which are traditionally our opening night of every show. And then uh, our regular ticket prices, we try really hard to keep among the most affordable around. Great. Shakespeare shouldn't just be for the bourgeoisie. No. Cody. Right. Common folk like you and me yeah. to be able to <laughs> get us some Shakespeare. I don't know what you're talking about. Definitely price. bourgeoisie. Okay. <laughs> uh, I, I feel like I don't even know you anymore. <laughs> so how long has uh, Rubber City Shakespeare Company been around for? Uh, we are in our fourth season. So fourth we, season. Yeah. Wow. So we started in 2013, um, and that was our the kickoff of our first season. And uh, so, yeah, we'll, we're about halfway through. We're about to open Cymbeline uh, coming up here February 10th, running through the 26th. Um, and then we're next season, we'll actually kick off in August, um, and that will be our fifth anniversary season. Wow. Congratulations. Big year five. Yeah. <laughs> Any fun things planned for year five that we can get like a preview of? Oh, man. Uh, well, I will say, uh, I can't say everything, okay. but one of the things is uh, we will be bringing back a musical. We'll be oh. doing a musical again. Um, okay. So that's going to be pretty awesome. And we're shaking up um, a little bit of our artistic programming next season. So I think it will be really cool. Oh, Um, awesome. Very cool. Well, you mentioned that you'll be uh, opening Cymbeline on February 10th, and that runs through the 26th. Can you tell us a little bit about that show? Sure. Um, So I kind of equated to like an adult Disney fairy tale and the 
um, the aspect of it is that there's this uh, heroine, Imogen, and she's married this guy who is not noble, um, but she's grew up with him her whole life. He's very noble, um, and so her father banishes him, and it's their story about trying to reconnect um, to be together. Meanwhile, she has an evil stepmother that's trying to uh, poison her, uh, and so uh, we've got all these different um, aspects and events, and as it goes with most Shakespeare um Comedies, I guess it's technically classified as a romance, oh. but I know. <laughs> um, but the the heroine dresses up like a, like a man um, because that happened a lot. Because in Shakespeare's day, all the parts were played by men. Right. So, yeah. So that's a little bit about the about the story, and it's um, we're doing it in a very medieval um, fairy tale like. Um, actually, we got our costumes on last night for our first technical rehearsal, and Ooh. yeah, and the um, Imogen looks like a Snow White, um, so <laughs> she has a, a blue and red um, dress, and the Evil Queen has this purple and black, and she looks like the Evil Queen from Snow White. And <laughs> we're really excited about that. So, so Shakespeare obviously took his cue from fairy tales for this particular uh play right yeah it seems it seems that way that he heard the story um that then uh later on um other people um changed and and made their own as well um which then eventually got to disney where he made it his own um so yeah it's just a different telling of that snow white and the huntsman type of um story that's awesome yeah and and it's a lesser known shakespeare play i mean i'm not a shakespeare scholar but i've never heard of it before and yeah, it's uh, so I, I think that'll be interesting to people in Akron to to get to see that, you know, which is probably not very common. Right. And that's uh, that's one of the things that uh, Casey and I have been pushing is that this might be one of the only times you see it. Um, our friends over at Ohio Shakespeare did it a couple summers ago and then we're doing it and I'm. Pretty sure that we'll be the last people doing it for for several years. So now might be your your time to see it. Yeah, this is my first time seeing it live. I've read it before, but I'm really excited to see it up there on the stage and get to experience this rarely performed Shakespearean play. So. Ooh, so you said you you said that you're going to see it from the stage. So you're not in the show. No, I am not in the show. Do you do any acting? I used to. I haven't done acting for a really long time. Um, I mostly stick to the business side now. (laughs) Um, I may make a reprise in acting at some point, but not not in this show. (laughs) Okay. What about you, Dean? Um, I I generally direct, but actually um, the show after Cymbeline is Julius Caesar, Mm -hmm. and I will be Julius Caesar. Will you? Yes. Okay. So I get to be, spoiler alert, I get to be stabbed multiple times. (laughs) (laughs) I will definitely be coming to see that show. Uh, Caesar is one of my favorite Shakespeare shows. Um, Now, okay, so I have a question about um, how you guys get your actors. So um, when we had Ohio Shakespeare Festival on, uh, Tess had told us about how uh, there they audition for the whole year. Is that how you guys do it as well? Uh, we do a mix. Um, okay. Generally, we do a season call, and we try to get most of our leads cast and um, a lot of the major supporting parts. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we hope to cast everyone out of that season um, audition. And, uh, but mm-hmm. sometimes we have some smaller parts and things that we cast um, a few months later uh, oh, close okay. to the show. Okay. See, that's that's very interesting to me. So I just think that's really <laughs> cool. Um, now. So you guys have six shows in your season. Mm-hmm. Now, have you always had six shows? Did you like come right out of the get-go? I mean, you said you're only your fourth season, so that's yeah. just like blows my mind that you have that many shows in a season right now. I think it blows my mind sometimes, <laughs> too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
But uh, actually, when we started, um, we had um, our first season, we had two um, fully staged productions and uh, one staged reading. And uh, but those fully staged productions were only um, uh, a week long. Um, mm-hmm. We only had one weekend of shows. Um, our first show was actually a Midsummer Night's Dream, and oh, okay. um, it uh, ran for one one weekend, three performances, and it was all pay as you like it. And it was my test to see, okay, can I do this? Can we do this? Mm-hmm. You know, is there an interest in it? And we got a fair amount of people that that showed up, and we were like, okay, like let's let's do this. You know, let's let's present something else. Um, so. Uh, uh, a lot of our shows we do not in the time that Shakespeare wrote them. Um, so we set different concepts to them. So some of them might be modern dress. Oh, some okay. of them might be the 1920s or the 1940s. Um, or it could be, you know, medieval or I don't think we'll go into the future at all. But, you know, <laughs> that's always a possibility. I, I don't know. D- dystopian Shakespeare seems to work sometimes. Right. You know? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Are, are there any uh, productions that get uh, that people in Akron are more interested in than others, like the audience here? I mean, and, and I, I guess my other question is, do you have you repeated shows in this uh, almost five year run? And if so, you know, what what are some favorites over the years that people have come to? Yeah, um, actually, this season was our first time repeating a show. We repeated Midsummer um, for the first time, uh, and that was partly because we were uh, when we first started the company, we were like, that's a good show um, to to kick off with. A lot of people love a Midsummer Night's Dream. It's one of those that like you can bring the kids to, you can bring grandma too, you know, it's like that, that big family, like favorite. Um, Mm -hmm. it's not too, um, not too crazy. Nothing bloody happens besides (laughs) a a funny, you know, end of Pyramus and Thisbe. But, um, otherwise, uh, I think that's the only one we've repeated. Julius Caesar would be the only other one we did. the, The first stage reading we did was Julius Caesar. Um, and so coming up here, um, Julius Caesar would be like the, the second repeat, um, per se. Um, but otherwise, um, favorite f- fan favorites. Um, so I think that Macbeth, uh, Mackers, for those of us <laughs> in theater, um, was very popular. Uh, a lot of people came to that and uh, talked about it afterwards, uh, which is usually a really great indication that they liked it. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> then, yeah. Uh, if they keep talking about it after they leave, that's that's great. Um, and another one was actually uh, the first musical that we did, mm-hmm. Aida, Elton John and Tim Rice's Aida. Oh. Um, that was very popular, and I think people liked to see um, something different from us. And it was uh, this big Broadway-style musical um, staged in a... Um, smaller, intimate space, which I think people also found really interesting. So, sure, yeah, and and uh, I can only imagine that it's probably a challenge now for uh, people who put on productions. Even you, you Cody, you're you're one of these people too. Um, <laughs> is catering to this short attention span that people have? You know, getting people to sit still for even longer than an hour is is a really uh, a challenge. Oh yeah, wouldn't you say? I mean, do you? Do you have to uh, accommodate that or you just say, okay, we're just going to present it as we 
normally do and generally <laughs> my rule is especially with uh, other directors and myself um is that we keep the show at uh two hours an hour 45 to two hours um for a cut mm-hmm. um so a lot of our plays are cut down um specifically the shakespeare plays so we don't do it in, in its entirety just because of time a lot of these plays were designed to go two and a half three hours some of them for four and a half hours um so and People, you know, like you said, like it's it's hard to sit there that long. Even sitting through a, a two-hour movie, sometimes it's it's hard. Um, so we try to we try to keep it down um, to that, just to keep the action going, the pace up. Um, but we, um, uh, yeah, I mean, most most of the time, that's that's kind of the the aspect that we're shooting for is is to keep people, you know, engaged. And also another aspect of that is that we um, do audience interaction. Um, so a lot of times, like we're using the aisleways to make entrances. Uh, we have actors that are talking directly to audience members because then you feel like you're more engaged in the performance, and that it's not just oh I'm sitting back and I'm watching something from afar. Mm-hmm. It is oh I am directly a member of what is happening here on stage. Well, that's um, I, I definitely can relate to you know that sort of thing by keeping your audience entertained and uh, you know a lot of Shakespeare's plays aren't just one or two acts. So do you have to kind of um, you know pick where your break is, or do you normally break at an act, or like how do you go about doing something? I, I've never been in a Shakespeare show, so I'm kind of like genuinely curious yeah. as to how you would do an intermission. I'm assuming you would have to. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say most, I mean, yeah, most, most theaters and I, I would be very, um, cautious if I ever didn't have an intermission in a Shakespeare play. Uh-huh. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, most of the time it is, uh, we, um, we kind of look for the best break in action. Um, mm-hmm. like where, where is the story set up enough that will lead us into like the next part of this play. Okay. Um, so like actually I was struggling with Cymbeline on where to put, the intermission, if I put it before this one scene where it kind of ends kind of um, sad in a way, it's a little like, oh, uh, <laughs> when, when, when the action ends or do I end it in this one part and you're like, OK, I see why you ended it there, but I don't feel like we're at an intermission. So um, I ended up going with the Aww, Aww, type of. Yeah. yeah. So that way, hopefully the audience will go, oh, OK, and then, you know, go get something from the concession stand. Right. <laughs> <Whatever>. <laughs> Um, I, candy bar to raise their spirits. Right. <laughs> Actually, I did that with, um, we did um, Tis Pity, She's a Whore, um, which is written by John Ford, which is a contemporary of Shakespeare. And uh, I ended it right after someone's death. And it's like one of, it's the clown character. And when the clown mm-hmm. character dies in a play <laughs> halfway through, you go, oh, this is not going to end well for anyone. <laughs> and so I was like, everyone's going to be so upset. They're going to come out and get chocolate. It's great. And actually, everyone came out and was like, can I get a, can I get a chocolate bar? Like, yes. <laughs> Refreshment sales. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Um, well, I, okay. So I see in your um, program here that you guys do or, or did uh, Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol. Yes. So in addition to Shakespeare, you also do other uh, shows. Can you tell me like how you decide what other shows you're going to do? Or, you know, do they have, do you have like a, I guess kind of, mm, I don't want to say format, but 
idea in your head of what you can do, what you can't do as Rubber City Shakespeare Company? Yeah. Um, so uh, one of the one of the things that we look at is anything that's classics or c- considered classics. Um, we we kind of encompass into what I will program into a season or or not. Um, Christmas Carol was really fun for us um, because we were looking for a really great holiday um, show, something that would be family friendly um, to add to our season of offerings. Um, so it's kind of natural for a lot of different Shakespeare companies to pick up Christmas Carol because mm-hmm. it's, it's just one of those plays. Um, and actually, Casey, um, I'll let her talk about her background a little bit, but we actually adapted it together. Um, oh, okay. Because I would be directing it and uh, her background in playwriting. Um, I was like, let's do this. Let's work on it together. So do you want to talk a little bit about that, Casey? Sure. That was really fun. Um, so yes, I have my undergraduate degree in playwriting. And I hadn't had a chance to really work on anything for a while Mm -hmm. until Dean suggested we um, do a new adaptation of A Christmas Carol. Uh, There's a lot of different versions out there. um, And we decided to kind of create our own. We took took the novel, both read it, and worked together to decide um, how to stage it and uh, what words to keep in, and we we didn't add any words. It was all uh, Dickens' original text. Um, but you know, what what do we keep? And right, it was it was really fun. So, how long have you written other shows for the for the company that you've used, or this this is the first one that you've? That was the first one that we that we used. That you um, used, yeah. Okay. <laughs> now, uh, I I was in a Christmas Carol couple. Um, well, I guess it wasn't a couple years ago. It was just last year, but it seems like it was a couple <laughs> years ago. Um, and that's a, there's so much in that show. And deciding what to cut, I'm sure, was just like ridiculously hard because yes. all of the scenes feel important, right? Yeah. Right. Now, did you keep the turkey boy scene? You had to have, right? We, yes, the the boy that okay. comes in at the end and is like, <laughs> the, the turkey, turkey is big as yeah. me. <laughs> <laughs> Thank goodness they cut that from the one I did, and I was not happy about it. <laughs> were, were you the no. boy with the turkey? I wasn't. I was, I'm a little too old, I think, to be the boy with the turkey. Too, a little too much facial hair. But, <laughs> but you'll always I would have played that boy. part. <laughs> you are not nice. You're the one always making the age jokes. I know. <laughs> to me. <laughs> Sorry. That comes back around like um, that, doesn't it? So what, why... Um, Dane, you've been... Have you both been with this uh, group since the beginning? I know Dane has. Yeah. Um, Casey, you've been here. You came on a little later, right? Yes, I did. Um, I came on in August of 2015. Mm -hmm. Um, Just my first show with uh, Rubber City Shakes was um, Macbeth. Okay. Uh, Yeah. And so what what got both of you interested in committing so much to Shakespeare is in particular because you're a playwright so you could probably start your own theater company and <laughs> write your own plays throughout so so you must have a high regard for for his particular body of work so I mean what what are what are some of your reason reasons for doing this every season sure um, my uh, my love for Shakespeare goes back to um, 
middle school, um, if not before. Um, my sister, uh, my oldest sister is actually an English teacher now, um, and she went to the University of Akron. I went to the University of Akron. My parents went to the University of Akron, so go Zips. Um, but we, Me too. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> woo. Um, but we, uh, I remember like being a kid and like seeing some like the old movies and stuff like that. Um, I would watch like with my family. But I remember my sister like telling me the stories of, of Shakespeare like growing up and I was like, oh, this is so cool. Um, and then I remember in middle school, I actually appeared um, in Romeo and Juliet. Uh, we did a, a sixth grade, eighth grade collaboration. <laughs> um, and I was, uh, as we jokingly called it in grad school, uh, Bad News Balthazar. I'm the one that comes <laughs> and tells Romeo, hey, she's dead when she's not <laughs> actually dead. Um, and so I kind of ruined everything. <laughs> so uh, so I got to do that. That was my, my first role. And then throughout high school, I was like the Shakespeare geek, the one that was like, <laughs> everyone went to him was like, I don't understand. I was like, oh, it's so easy. It's da, 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 da. <laughs> um, and so I carried that on through through undergrad and taking classes at Akron. Um, and then one of my professors there, um, uh, William Proctor Williams, Dr. William Proctor Williams, um, uh, suggested me to go to, I was looking at different MFA programs and he was like, you should really look at Mary Baldwin College, now university, um, their Shakespeare and performance program. And I was like, okay, that sounds pretty cool. So I did, and I, I contacted them, and I applied, and I did all of that stuff. And uh, they have a three-year program. Actually, you end up with two master's degrees um, in the process. And it was like, okay, all right, cool. Wow. Um, yeah, a master of letters and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and a master of fine arts. And uh, they're partnered with the American Shakespeare Center, um, which is – uh, actually has the only recreation of Shakespeare's uh, indoor playhouse in the world. Um, and it sits in Stanton, Virginia, in the Blue Ridge Mountains. And so mm -hmm. I spent three years studying with the American Shakespeare Center and at my university learning all these different techniques, um, directing, acting, dramaturgy, teaching, um, all the things I wanted to do with, with my life and my life in the theater. And, and I always loved Shakespeare. And I was like, hey, you know, let, let's do this. <laughs> So you're you're just a little bit qualified <laughs> to do this. Wow. <laughs> so originally from Akron, going to the University of Akron. So were you always planning on coming back here after getting your MFA? Yeah, I actually a lot of people remember when I was in uh, undergrad, I was talking about starting some sort of theater company, and I was always talking about building a classical theater company. And I remember telling people like going through undergrad, I'm like, I'm going to come back and do this one day, and they were all like, Oh, okay, sure. <laughs> And then I, I came back. I was uh, about to go into my last year of, of graduate school, which is, was a terrible idea to try to, you know, finish up grad school and, and start a theater company. Mm -hmm. But it worked out all for the best. <laughs> but um, but I remember going up to people and saying, hey, I'm going to do this. And they were like, OK, yeah, sure. Let's give it a shot. And so I was very fortunate for the first show to have a lot of people that, uh, you know, I was able to to beg to, to be in the show. And I was like, well, we may be able to pay you if we make enough money and yeah. so like everyone was like well if we make enough maybe we can pay you a percentage and so um, that's how it all kind of got started well, that's very cool can you tell us about um, where you perform at yeah uh, do you want to talk about it a little bit Casey and then I'll jump in sure uh, we are at 647 East Market Street uh, Akron locals will recognize it as the former First Presbyterian Church. Uh, it's operated by the Well CDC now. Uh, they're a great organization that brings a bunch of nonprofits together in that space um, that all kind of work together to uh, create a community of nonprofits. Yeah, it's, it's like an incubator 
Um, they have uh, exactly. a group called Rooted Akron is there, World Relief, which is a refugee resettlement agency, Rahab, which is a ministry that reaches out to women who are in prostitution and sexual uh, slavery, I guess you could say, for lack of a better phrase. Um, yeah, a number of great organizations. A coffee shop is opening there. And it, it's a really great grassroots effort. You know, that, that church sat vacant for a number of years, and now it's it, it's going to be what's being used for some awesome stuff, like performances, concerts, exactly, discussions, yeah. yoga classes. It's it's great. It's the the energy there um, is is fantastic. I mean, we we get to talk with our neighbors, and we you know we we pass by their offices, and like they're all working on things. And um, the the one day we were talking to one of the groups, and they were like, "Yeah, we just brought in a sewing machine to like help you know the girls like learn how to sew." And I was like, "We have a bunch of fabric that we're not using because of costumes." And <laughs> I was like, "Do you guys want it?" So it's that type of energy and, and collaboration together with other organizations. It's pretty awesome. The coffee shop. Um, uh, on, a, on a selfish level, is going to be amazing and <laughs> terrible for my bank, <laughs> my bank account. But um, otherwise, I mean, like they they are doing some really great stuff. Um, they're talking about having community meals again. Um, for the longest time, that was the one of the largest food pantries in in Akron, um, and so they're talking about possibly restarting that, which makes us really excited because we want to start doing some of those things, like you know, raising you know, like during Christmas Carol time, like you know, doing canned food canned drives. Food drive. and stuff like that. Sure, yeah, that's um, excellent. So, yeah, so it's just there's a lot of really good stuff in that neighborhood. Um, so many people, you know, have turned a blind eye to, like, the Middlebury neighborhood for so long. Right. And so it's it's nice being there to see this this uh, cornerstone in the community being revived and um, and all the organizations that are moving in to start helping that, that community. Yeah, and it's especially fun when we get calls from people who live in the neighborhood that said, you know, we walked by and saw the you know, saw your sign and saw that you're here. Tell us about, you know, the company. So it's really cool to really be um, in that community. Sure, absolutely. And it, do you guys perform where the sanctuary is? Is that your stage for yeah, your shows? Um, okay. Yeah. Uh, as of right now, and pr- probably for the, I mean, for the rest of the season, uh, we uh, we will be in the sanctuary there performing, um, and it's really awesome it's stained glass in the entire sanctuary um so you get these beautiful you know pieces of art that are on the wall um and uh and as the sun is setting, the light gets, you know, all these colors come in right. on top of the stage lighting that we're using. And it's just, it's a really cool atmosphere. It's really neat to be there and be in a building that was built um, 1904, I want to say, um, was the main part of the building. Um, so it's to have that history. And the fact that Shakespeare's company performed in a, in a converted um, monastery, a church, um, it, and as their indoor playhouse, I was like, it's kind of as, you know, as a good homage <laughs> to the bard. Yeah, that's got some. <laughs> like theater cred to it i think um cody have you ever been to the well i haven't no okay. um, i really want to go now it sounds very <laughs> <Yeah>. interesting <laughs> and, and i heard that their stained glass is an especially valuable type of stained glass it's called tiffany stained glass right yes um well just so you guys know that you, you probably know the stain in casey but uh big love festival is going to be at the well this year oh. on april 1st so um so yeah, yeah, we'll be hearing we'll more about now, that. Yes, yeah, so you'll get a chance to check it out. Yeah. And they're going to use a lot of that space. I mean, a lot of the, the the side rooms and hallways and 
There's a rumor that the Akronists will have a storytelling is there, room that's set a, up. There's a that's rumor. A rumor. <laughs> yeah. Starting it. No, no, we, we you will heard be it here first, folks, right? <laughs> so, so yeah, what what a what a cool space. And you were formerly at Summit Art Space. Yes, that's where you sort of made, made your way as a as right. a fledgling. Exactly. Right. Right. And that was our um, our first um, uh, when we first started. We were scrounging space at the university in giant lecture halls and things. And it was like, okay, this is okay. But I mean, people were confused because we were bumping and in the middle of campus in some places that they're like, it took us 15 minutes to walk here. We're like, <laughs> sorry. Um, but uh, and so when we were looking for space originally, um, we connected with the Summit Art Space um, and they got us hooked up with our first office space. And we were able to use the event space on the second floor to really launch into um, our first like full season. So you were talking earlier about like, have you always done six shows? Right. And, yeah. And it was really when we moved to the Summit Art Space, I was like, oh, Oh, we can start doing more performances. Um, and our first season um, was about f- five or six shows. Um, and then we, uh, and then from there, we've just been programming six shows consistently. Yeah, uh, that's great. Um, so, so uh, you you mentioned the University of Akron theater department, yeah. and I, I know that they they had a bit of a shake up when you know, Scarborough was there and it seems like it's it's rebuilding right is yes. this, is it is it kind of uh, on on the mend or yeah actually um i just i saw the great news um that officially the major um has been reinstated um James Sloviak um, who runs New World Performance Lab mm-hmm. is a professor there and he's been doing a lot of excellent work um rebuilding the the um, theater program there and I'm really excited because it has a lot of community engagement um, aspects to the new major. Um, And Jim has just been doing um, fantastic work trying to rebuild that program and recruiting high school students to come into Akron and to see these wonderful facilities. I mean, we have a a gorgeous, probably one of the best black box theaters in in the area and a small proscenium. And I mean, and it's just the arts at Akron are, are pretty spectacular. Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm so glad to see that. And it was sad that they um in trying to cut budgets they took aim at the arts first, you yeah. Know? Kind of like what's going on with like, our country right, right yeah. now, you know. <laughs> and I, I'm glad there are people in the community that see the value to the arts and how important they are. Even if you're not a person who's going to, you know, be an artist or study it, just just as a consumer of it, it just makes mm-hmm. you a better human being. You know, right, right, Cody? Absolutely. And, you know, you're, you are many, many years of wise. I am. About so that. many. You just, yeah. you just beam. I've been around. Wiseness. <laughs> Pay attention to me, <laughs> young man. You'll learn a lot. <laughs> so, 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 Casey, you're also an Akron person, right? Um, I am now. You are now. Okay. So how long have you been in Akron? Um, yeah, so I'm an Akron transplant. I, uh, moved to Akron in, uh, July of 2013. Okay. So, so three years, huh? Yeah. What what are your, so I guess for both of you, what, what are some of your favorite Akron things to do? Places to go to, maybe restaurants or, uh, activities or what have you? Parks? Uh, 
I'll, 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 I'll say okay, you can things. go first. Um, okay. uh, one of the things uh, that I love to do is I love to go to Lockview. Um, actually, um, Lockview is our opening night. If you want to catch the actors after the show, um, it has become a Rubber City tradition that after we open um, the show that Friday night, we all go out to Lockview to celebrate. Um, so if, you, if that's the cool hangout place to come. <laughs> yeah. um, I love Lockview. And, Me too. Uh, I, I worked at the Akron Art Museum for, um, oh, for a okay. time, and uh, I love. I love that we have this awesome, you know, world-class art museum um, in right here in, in the heart of downtown, a gorgeous building. I mean, the entire building itself is a piece of art, and it's just um, having worked there, like, it just gained a greater appreciation for for visual art and, um, and just the stories it tells. And to see people's reactions to art, like um, some exhibits, you know, or, you know, stacks of pennies in certain orders. And people are like, that's art? And I'm like, oh. And then some people are like, the simplicity, it's just <laughs> life. And I'm like, wow. And, like, we solve, like, the meaning of life through pennies. Right. And it's like, this is so great. Um, and obviously like cultural gems like Stan Hewitt Hall and Gardens, um, especially during Deck the Halls is like the greatest thing. I feel yeah. like a little kid walking around with a hot chocolate and I'm like, this is so cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, what about you, Casey? Uh, well, there's just so many great things in Akron, and that was something that I didn't know before I moved here, and I just have fell in, fallen in love with Akron so hard um, because of all the great things. Um, so let's see here. Uh, you started with food. A lock view <laughs> is great. Um, one of my favorites locally is in the Valley um, Saffron Patch. Mm. I love mm. Indian food. Yeah, um, that's good. Uh, I like going to other theater when I have a chance. Um, uh, wandering Aesthetics and uh, Weather Vane, None Too Fragile, all great. Um, and let's see here, what else? Um, I have to steal the Akron Art Museum. We have a great museum here. Um, and I like to get out, not in this weather, but I like <laughs> to get out in the summer and go to um, parks and things. I have a hound dog, so I love to take him hiking. And that's Aww. my favorites. Yeah, that's, that's great. And, and where did you live before Akron? Did you say that already? I did not. A little okay. bit of all over. Um, okay. I uh, did my undergrad at uh, Ohio University in Athens, and then I did my uh, graduate work at Ohio State in Columbus. And before that, I was um, an Air Force brat because I was a little bit everywhere. Oh, so. okay. So what drew you to Akron? Um, we actually came here for my husband's job. Oh, okay. Um, and uh, it was kind of a uh, situation where there wasn't really a lot of choice in where you go um and uh we lucked out so much to get placed in akron just so so lucky to get placed here good yeah so you're worldly what was your <laughs> what's your favorite place you've traveled to oh favorite place i've traveled to i love places with a lot of history so i'm gonna have to say um either philadelphia or washington dc hmm. love those kind of places sure yeah uh, Philadelphia has a lot of American, you know, American history. Absolutely. So um, people can find you at rubbercityshakes.com. And I also noticed that you have in your brochure 
um, you can buy a membership so people can become a member and attend plays year round. Is that the case? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, and we're, we're really excited. We were talking earlier about the um, uh, next season. We'll actually be announcing next season on March 17th, which is going to be um, our fundraiser night. Um, our gala is happening um, and it's going to be um, the Shakespeare Review, um, which is a performance. We're doing a concert version of that in, in junction with the annual gala. Um, we'll be announcing that stuff. And the goal is to have memberships on sale that night um, for next season. Great. Yeah, it should be a lot of fun. It, uh, it's a show that kind of pokes a little bit of fun at the bard. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. And so performing. Should, yeah, <laughs> yeah, so it should be a really great time. Wait, where is the gala? It will be at the well. At the well, um, okay. So okay. We, want, we, want, we really want to showcase um, the space that we're in, and, and yeah. it's such a gorgeous you know, atmosphere. We're like, let's do it. <laughs> it really is, yeah. So that's March 17th, and I guess people could find out more about that on your website, right? Yeah. Which yeah. is rubbercityshakes.com. You're also on uh, Facebook, Twitter, yeah. Instagram. Facebook and Twitter. Facebook for and Twitter. Sure. We okay. have an Instagram. We haven't been very um, active on there, but we'll we'll do our best to get a little bit <laughs> there, more active if people if that. people like it. <laughs> okay, I'll I'll go like it as soon as we're done with the podcast. <laughs> okay, I'll get you engaged in that. Um, okay, so so Cymbeline running through February twenty sixth, right? Yeah. Okay, so you can get tickets at RubberCityShakes.com. Two, or call 234-252-0272. So. Yep. And you can also get them at the door. Um, okay. And uh, don't forget that that opening night, the 10th, is our pay-as-you-like-it night. Pay-as-you-like-it, okay. Well, is there anything else that you think that we missed about Rubber City Shakespeare Company that you want our audience to know? Well, I was just looking at the rest of our season since I have it in front of me. And, you know, we've got Cymbeline. We talked about Julius Caesar. Um, the end of this season, we're actually doing um, William Shakespeare's Lear. Um, and the reason why we just call it Lear is because um, to make it more relevant to our audience and to make it um, uh, relevant to the, to the people, the company of actors that we have, we're actually regendering King Lear into Queen Lear. Oh, um, so taking a, a different take on that, that's something that we do as a company is that we uh, employ regendering um, when we think it's relevant to the stories that we're, that we're looking at. Um, so we're setting that um, with a queen. Um, so it's a mother and, and three daughters um, story, um, which is different than the usual father and three daughters. Um, I, I, I love I love King Lear and it's in the father and daughter story. But this is something that I was tugging at my heartstrings because I have a, a very uh, strong mom. My, my father passed away the year I started the company, actually. Um, and my mother is just an amazing person. And I have two older sisters um and i they're a very loving and you know awesome family and so i was like you know this this is the story i want to tell and also because we have a lot of older actresses um and we have a lot of actresses that work with our company and shakespeare obviously wrote in a time that was for men i was like this is this is the story i think is going to play play to them and and play to our audience as a whole um so i'm really excited about that coming up um as well in june no that's great and it's uh I find it amazing and fascinating how relevant something written so long ago still is today. It's just a sign of a good storyteller mm -hmm. and someone who really understood the human condition. You yeah. Know? And I saw, I saw a, a weird video online on Facebook or something where these guys were, they were actually reading Shakespeare in a different dialect, almost like Old English, you'd say. Yeah. And a lot of the things 
rhymed a little more and and it 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 just you could tell that it was written for that particular dialect now if you were to perform it that way people wouldn't understand right what was going on (laughs) but but yeah it was it was neat it's like okay and it it kind of connected a little more for me like how you know it's the things kind of the, the the language kind of fit together a little a little more closely so do you do you find um yourself having to educate people about Shakespeare when you tell them this is what you do that they say oh I had to read that in school and often attention to it (laughs) yeah um there there were a lot of people that um one of my um professors actually wrote a a book for education um called shakespeare and how to cure it Mm -hmm. um and so that's a lot of people talk about shakespeare you know the the being scared of, of of shakespeare because you have a lot of um a lot of kids that read it in school and they don't understand it and you know and the teachers have to fly through curriculum so fast to get to everything that needs to be covered for the test and, and whatnot that um, a lot of students don't get that opportunity to fully immerse themselves and realize that it's um, once you kind of take a little bit of time with it that you you pick it up pretty easily um, and uh, so that that's definitely something that we, we really work on especially with our actors is I'm like if you don't know what you're saying the audience won't know what you're saying Correct. and I was like so that's something that we really work on is to make sure that they understand what you know what do each of these words mean and why are they strung together this way and looking at um, the big words of like scansion and rhetoric and you know all of those things to be able to tie those together um, I was actually working with one of our actors on Cymbeline and I was I was showing uh, him just some of the ways like the, the the structure worked and he was like this makes so much more sense I was like <laughs> yes it does and then the next day he came in and it was a completely different performance and I was like and that's a performance that the audience is gonna go I absolutely understand everything that's going on so right and and the puns and the innuendo exactly especially a lot of innuendo and in Shakespeare and and if you don't if that escapes the actor then the the audience isn't going to be able to retain that, um, and and I think for people studying it who have to you know read read some plays in school, seeing it is a so much different experience than reading it. I Absolutely, mean, I think it should be seen to fully appreciate. And I'm yeah. sure you guys are probably agreeing. Probably all right. plays, yeah, all theaters. <laughs> that's pretty general rule. So. All right. So, uh, Mr. Cody, do, you, or do we have any events? I, don't, I didn't see you. Oh, got I anything should, out? Anything you're I doing? I didn't realize that's what you were trying to tell me to do. Well, no, that's okay. Um, February. It's only February. Um, is there? There's an EP cooker coming up in a couple weeks. I think. Right. I don't know what the date is yeah. though. Yeah, let me uh, let me get out my <laughs> Facebook well, events. Yeah, let's see if we can check this. <laughs> okay, stuff out. so I, I can start. Um, there there is a continuation of the play, or does it explode? Uh, yes. With Masu Productions at the um, Ball Street Theater, and that runs th- that'll run this weekend again. Um, there is a uh, neighborhood network. February monthly meeting. That's also a Middlebury neighborhood effort. And that's um, tomorrow at 6 p.m. on Tuesday. Um, eight, uh, February 8th at 5.30 p.m. is GAINS, which is um, Greater Akron Innovate, Innovation Innovator Network for Sustainability. It's a sustainability <laughs> group. Um, I, I, forgive me for not getting that. Um, 5.30 p.m. at the Bit Factory. And some of the the really uh, some of the most interesting uh, sustainability people show up at these. You know, people who are into recycling and greener practices and implementing, you know, some j- just some innovative ideas into our into our community. 
on the 10th is a really exciting show opening at the Akron Art Museum called Turn the Page. And it's a 10, it's a, uh, I think it's a 10 year retrospective of the High Fructose magazine. Yeah, the first 10 years. And this is the only Midwestern city that they're bringing this really striking artwork to. And so that's, and then another, another show opened last weekend, uh, something about grotesque anatomy. I think it's called uh, uh, Gross Anatomies. And it's, it's just, <laughs> gro- it's, it's mixing different uh, imagery to kind of become grotesque. And it's, it's, it's right up my alley. So that's, that's showing <laughs> concurrently. And also on Friday at the museum, there is a artist, I think her name's Olek, and she does these crochet uh, body suits. And, and the people are part of the art who actually wear these crochet knit body suits. And so that'll be going on <laughs> during the opening reception on Friday on the 10th. Um, let's see, what else? On the 11th, on Saturdays, a cash mob at Hattie's Food Hub, which is right across the street from where we are right now at the Community Foundation. It's um, here um, near the Akron Zoo on uh, downtown, um, and that's 10 a.m. They've got fresh food made by um, some community gardens run by the, the Hattie, Hattie Lorlam Company. So, um, and what about you, Mr. Um, Stanley? Let's see. Uh, February 11th, Wesley's playing over at Blue Jazz, I believe. I think that's uh, 7 o'clock at Blue Jazz. And then there was something else that I saw um, Oh, jeez, what was it? Um, don't forget to wish me happy birthday on February 10th. I'm just saying. Uh, also... Happy birthday. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, there's... Um, that's right. That's what I saw. It was um, Climb Aboard for an arty birthday party. So it's Amy Mothersbaugh's birthday uh, coming up. And they are doing... She wanted to do a fundraiser for Akron Soul Train. So February 12th from 530 to 730 at Square Bar in Highland Square. Uh, I guess they're doing a bunch of cool stuff with uh, refreshments, music, 50-50, all kinds of stuff to celebrate with Amy for her birthday. Um, I think that's all that I had. Uh, did you anything else that you can think of? Akrony, do you guys have any other Akron <laughs> events besides Cymbeline, February 10th <laughs> through the 26th? So nothing that's jumping out uh, in my head uh, at the moment. Yeah, unfortunately, mm-hmm. Cymbeline's keeping me a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you guys for being on and sharing uh, all of, all about uh, Rubber City Shakespeare uh, Company with us. I'm so excited that I got to learn about this, and I'm definitely going to try and make it out to one of the shows. Definitely to come see the space as well. Yes, please. Yes. Um, Thanks for having so us. So thank you guys for being on. Uh, you were awesome guests. You can find uh, more about them on www.rubbercityshakes.com and uh, also find them on Facebook. So thank you guys for being on. Thank you for Chris, having us. Chris, uh, do our outro because I can't remember it. Okay, <laughs> so uh, before we go, definitely go check out The Well. Go check out Rubber City Shakespeare. It's a, it's a, it's a really a unique convergence of art and history and um, religion too. So, you know. <laughs> All right, so uh, Spoils of Akron It's brought to you by... The uh, Urban Eats, even though we're not at Urban Eats today, yeah, but no. Liz and Jason play a big role in this podcast and letting us use the space there. Akron Community Foundation, where we are at the moment, mm-hmm. the Akronist, and the Akron Library, where all the magic started. That's right. So long ago. So long 80 ago. 80 episodes ago. All right. Yeah. So I hope everyone has a great week and enjoy. I mean, today's 50 degrees. Tomorrow's supposed to be 58. So. Woo-hoo. Get out your uh, two-piece bikinis and tank tops and go get some <laughs> get some rays before the drops back down again. So, and th- as always, as always, keep, keep it, it an Akron, Akron day. day.